Good evening, listeners. Welcome to the Atkins Labcast episode. I have no idea. It's in the twenties. We're done with counting episodes. Why, why do we? Why are we done counting episodes? Because too many. Don't you reckon? Well, I think there's too many when you're over a hundred, but we're like in the twenties. Oh, I guess so. I mean, Mark Maron's still counting, and what's he at thousand and something? I think it feels good when you're up those big numbers. Yeah, I bet everything feels good when you're up at those big numbers. He's the king of the podcasting universe. Still, he's doing a pretty good job. He's pretty good. He channels. Uh, what I love about Mark Maron is that he really expresses my inner turmoil and fury in a way that very few other podcasts. Like, I love Conan as well. Conan O'Brien's Conan hilarious. O'Brien's show is fantastic. But he's so different from me. He's so perky and kind and yeah, yeah. sweet and positive. And I'm none of those things. <laughs> <laughs> you said something about Mark the other day that you felt it was a little bit too much of a sausage festival, his, his episodes. Oh, not, yeah. He's not just, balanced He's enough. not super great at interviewing women, I don't think. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't listen to all the episodes, but I try. I usually listen to all the intros, like because he talks about his life and he's lost his girlfriend, which is just not lost her. As in, went to the supermarket and she was. Don't make a joke about someone's girlfriend dying. She passed away. Yes, she did. Yeah, but we say lost. It's a bit. Stop it. Um, so yeah, so what, 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 how did we get to that? Mark Barron. Yeah. Well, we were talking about podcasts. I have just we destroyed about, about 400 podcasts this week because no, I did some sewing fun. on the weekend. I sewed a skirt. Yeah. And you got a new a dress total dummy fucking disaster. with a collapsible shoulder. I got a dress dummy with a collapsible shoulder. Yes. I had, I sewed a skirt that I did all the way up until the last thing and then I fucked it and I threw it in the bin. And, and that was I on Father's Day. I cried a little bit. Was that Father's Day? No, no. that was a su- Saturday before Father's Day. Father's no, Day no, 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 because no, I'd spent all of Saturday trying to get it right and then just before we went to the park, holy shit, are we never going to the park on Father's Day again, ever again. For my nephew's third birthday. Yeah, they had the twins' third birthday in the park. Twins' third birthday. I had a great time running in the tunnels. Literally every single other person. If we haven't all got COVID at that one event, I don't know how that is possible. There Um, was cake and there was dinosaurs. Cake. There were dinosaur balloons, I'll have you know, purchased at the spotlight. And they were exceptional. So then you came back and you sewed and redeemed your sewing. Somewhat. I I haven't finished it yet, so the opportunity to grasp failure from the mouth of success is still there. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing about learning new techniques and tricks and new machines and that is you get on top of it and you work it out. And, and it's Apparently. Good. And also okay. you did a fab job at the Centre for Creative Photography of talking about being an Instagram star to a group of young students. And we had half on Zoom and half live in the flesh. Yeah, and I may have gone on a little bit of a rant, which is so unlike TikTok me. rant. You like TikTok apparently. I do like TikTok. I'm glad you. I like hear. TikTok. I can hear all all the other people going. Oh, that's crazy. It's just tra-. bullshit. Do you know what? If you think TikTok is shit, you just haven't spent enough time on it because it will learn what you want and it will present it to you like a very keen drug dealer. It will give you a free taste. It will go, "Hey, first one's on the house," and before you know it, you're spending twenty minutes a day, the twenty minutes that you use for drying your hair, to watch TikTok. So, how do you use TikTok for marketing? Like, I have no because Instagram's. We didn't clue. think Instagram was possible, but it's turned out to be the biggest thing since. Yeah, no, we're not. We're not getting bread. that. That TikTok is not going to do that for us. Okay, not for us. I, because we have to be where our clients are. What about our for our guests this guest this week, Yana from 
Diana um, would be a queen on TikTok. So would that work for album registry? Yeah, probably. Yeah, she does some amazing comedy Hilarious. videos. Hilarious. Yeah. So this is our guest this week is uh, Yana But she's Dryden. got to change her format because TikTok is vertical, not horizontal, and her videos are horizontal. And that, frankly, is also a problem in Instagram because the videos are all horizontal. Yeah, everyone has to uh, work vertical. out. Yeah, has to work out the vertical video. Yeah. But I think I think that's going to happen and people are going to sort it out. And Yana certainly doesn't shy away from anything. You're going to love that aspect of... Of hearing about it, she's a she's not only she takes on a lot of really interesting stuff, including being a front of house performer in a rock band. In yeah. the, I'm gathering I it was the two thousands. I can't remember, but yeah, she was at yeah. a big day out, not on the main stage, but she's at the big, and and Which she won't even so under impressive. a pseudonym, and we don't know, know. So she's a rock, literal rock star. She's a literal rock star, literally. Yeah, she's and she's super Aussie. Her Aussie levels are well. She comes from Cairns, which and, and Queensland, FNQ, far north high, Queensland. Very high levels of Aussie yeah. up there. Yes, that's right. Because we sound like English people when we go to the US. I they know. all think we're English we're in pommies. comparison to the New South Welshmen and onwards and Queensland. upwards from there. Yeah, and she's also like businesswoman of the year, entrepreneur of the year. Oh uh, yeah, like she's a fucking yeah, yeah. and but all while she's a single mother and a, and a photographer doing and a photographer. commercial work and the and the like. Yeah. She's under, a under the brand J Crate. So I think everybody, we should let them go and listen to Yana and then we'll catch up afterwards for the moment of color. Oh, Ready? Three, Three, two, one. I've always wanted to know who it was that invented that. The person who got the clap? Yeah. I don't know. Is it like, does it have a special name? Does the clap in? Well, it does, does it have... because the clapperboard in. Ah. But like, was it like someone like Henry, like Schneider? It's the Schneider clap or oh, something yeah, like well, that. Yeah, well, pretty, it pretty much could be. Um, mm. I, I think there, there is definitely, what did they used to call them in Hollywood? They were a chalkboard, were they? Or a time board? Because they would write the scene on it and the whatever part of the picture they're filming and then, then the clap would just come down on the top. And now they have digital time sync things um, and then it lines up. But, yeah, there's got to be some person who've invented it. Let me just uh, put it on my list of things to research. <laughs> oh, things I need to research while I'm procrastinating doing things, other things. Oh, is this what we're talking about? Yeah, I love, I love that. Useless information. But, they look, they're great. They're great facts that you can pull out. Yeah, so here we are. We're on the line to Yana from Cairns, who's not just Yana from Cairns. He's also Yana Dryden. She's also J Create. She's also show us your T-shirt, even though we're probably not going to show people video. AR for album registry, not acoustic research, not uh, the assault rifle. I was thinking it's more like the periodic table thing as oh well. My God, it looks that's like so it right. Does. I know. So, so what does it say? Don't shit gift. I like that so much. That's your hashtag, listeners. Everybody has to remember hashtag don't shit gift. And I think that refers to the fact that your business album registry, not assault rifles or acoustic research or whatever else AR stands for, album research, even though she's not a dolphin puncher, mm. she's not, she's already cleared that up on a pre-roll this morning that she does not punch dolphins. Do not punch dolphins. Although I personally am curious about the beluga whale slash dolphin and their big balloon foreheads. Um, we'll... Um, 
Oh, shut up now. We'll get back to Don't don't punch that dolphin. No, you can squeeze its little it's like a balloon, mm. apparently. It's quite beautiful. Does it make a noise? <laughs> you know. I maybe, want one. Perhaps. Um, me too. Uh, so our album registry is the t-shirt you are bearing and the don't mm. shit gifts is your hashtag. Um, so let's, why don't we talk about album registry? Cause it's my favorite thing on, on earth that's come up for this industry. It's probably, I, I went through a period with the industry where I thought we needed all this innovation. We needed all this new stuff. We need new printing techniques. And you know, I've spent the last seven years unwinding that idea that our industry needs a whole lot of new stuff in it. It just needs really smart, stuff and i think what you've done with album registry is the first smart thing and it's not the first because you've been doing this for how long now oh uh, look five years okay so this is the yeah. first honest to god out of all the inventions that i've seen it's the first smart thing in a long time can you tell us about what album registry is and how it works Yes. Yeah, so, um, look, during that five years, there's a, 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 you know, as you building innovation is incredibly difficult, especially building software with software companies. So, yes, in that five years, it was actually um, a lot of research and development into what, looking at human behaviours when it comes to printing photos, when it comes to um, affording photography, affording these big ticket purchases. Um, so I guess the, 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 the idea is that so I'm, I've been a photographer in Cairns here for over, over 11 years now. Um, and geez, about six years ago, I was all of a sudden a single mum, and I'm like, I need to make more sales from the legwork that I'm already doing on the weekends, you know, shooting weddings at that time. And I knew in order to have that longevity and to boost those sales, I needed to start selling retail products. But I just couldn't, I couldn't give them away. I couldn't do it. You know, I tried discounting. I tried everything. And, and look, that was six years ago. And there probably was a plethora of education that, that was out there for me to, to, to do more. I just didn't have it at my fingertips. So for me, I was like, how do I overcome the objections of, um, where did you go? There you go. Over, overcome the objections of people saying, oh, yeah, I want to. I want to have an album, but it costs too much. Or can yeah, I, we'll can do I it. Say, can, yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. But I think what was happening then is the market was flogged from people trying to sell in very traditional selling stuff ways, which do, I don't think it works. It didn't sit well with me. Well, it doesn't sit well. But I saw also mm. I think it just doesn't mm. freaking work. No, it doesn't work. I mean, you can. Oh, you can. It, 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 I guess it had it. So you know, the old pixie photos, like lock them in the room. And go, here's all your photos. They've printed them. If you don't want them, I'm going to tear them up in front of your face. You know, like what do we have for the coffin? What do we you have for what? your child's you coffin? A, that's right. You might get a sale today, but you sure as shit not going to get a recommendation that's from it. them. And then people walking that's away it. with a really, really yucky feeling. That's it. So, but I was like, how do I overcome this in in a way that sits well with people? That they want to have something um, and how do I facilitate that access to be able to do that? So I thought, you know, if people think that it costs too much and they want it or they're deferring it and not not wanting to do it until after a wedding and then, you know, life gets busy and they don't get around to doing it, I was running up the hill. I used to, you know, run this big hill up there every day and I thought, well, you know, what if all their friends and family pitched in towards it and it was a gift and then that transaction actually happened before the event had happened, uh, the event had taken place. Yep. Um, and so I trialed it. I had a, a wedding that was coming up and it was one of my best mates. I was shooting the wedding for free. Um, and they were just getting married in the backyard. They had, you know, they had twins at that point. And everyone was like, oh, you know, what can we give you? And at that point, they're like, oh, we don't want gifts from anyone. 
We don't want gifts from anyone. But so many people were like, but, but we still want to give you something. And and the nagging, the nagging of people, and she's and yeah. and I, I suggested her, I said, Oh, well, I've got this idea. You know, what if you had a you know a wedding album and your friends and family, you know, we all just threw some money in towards it. And she's like, Oh, that's an awesome idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so I set up this really dodgy PayPal page on my website. <laughs> and I'm look, I'm still to this day I'm blown away that people actually <laughs> put money in towards it, right? <laughs> Because I didn't really know what it was doing, but you know, I, I I created a product. I'm pretty sure it was like a set amount for like sixty five dollars, and then people went in and they, you know, you know, purchased that. Um, and then so the day that I rocked up to photograph my best mate's wedding, I'd sold an album, my first album, right, for more than I'd actually had it for on my on my price list, and the money was already cleared in my bank account, and it completely <laughs> like it changed the way. It changed the way that I photographed that wedding as well because then I was shooting for a story. Uh, you know, I was seeing the pages and it, it – I just thought to myself, wow, I'm onto something here. Like I'm, like I'm really onto something here. For myself, I was like, I don't, want, I don't want anyone to know about, you know, what if everyone finds out about this, this great idea that I have. And then I went um, and I had um, dinner over to a friend's place. It was, you know, a few months later and I said, oh, you know, I've, I've done this thing and I've got this idea. And she's like, well, why don't you build it um, – so everyone can use it. And I'm like, what? Why would anyone do that? And she's like, no, you can do it. And I thought to myself, you know what? I might do that. Mm. And so, you know, at that stage I thought I was just building a website and um, uh, I didn't realise what I was actually starting was a software company. So as soon as you start to custom do anything, it was a software company yeah. that I was essentially um, creating. So it um, has evolved from there, obviously not using a dodgy PayPal page yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. And you've done and a 2.0 uh, recently, so you've relaunched or what was what was that pivot? Um, it has it has died and been reborn oh. <laughs> a couple of times, yes. Okay. I guess um, I, uh, in the beginning it really was just a, a collection of pages that you know, was the belief that it was all automated, but really was me in the in the background making things. It was that smoke and mirrors, and I was manually making things happen in the background. Today, it really is it is automated. Um, we've gone through uh, situations where we did have to use PayPal for a long time because we do work in multi currency. It kind of like it kind of blew out of hand, and then all of a sudden, everyone from around the world was wanting to use it in different currencies. And my only option was to actually use PayPal. And it was and actually, a weird... it's not bad. Like, it's cycled PayPal. I think the acceptance of it is back as a thing. People hated it for a big chunk there, didn't they? Mm. It's just the fees are so high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fees are so high. And it was just killing me. And it was just like going through this period of like people using something and me knowing I'm not making anything out of it because of PayPal was just chewing, chewing it up. So there was a there was a – quite a long period of time where it was it was, it was quite a pr- painful thing to to for me anyway as a, as a business owner going you know I've created this thing it's costing me money um and then you know the, then this beautiful thing happened um this technology released in Australia that um Airbnb and Uber use so it like routes payments oh yes yes yeah, so from many transactions to many users yep, yep. and that only so they've had it you know in America forever long it didn't launch in Australia until 2018 so uh, I was really fortunate enough to get um, a little grant from the Queensland government to be able to pay to integrate this, and and now now we're at a point where it's it's just so so much nicer, I guess, from uh, administrative uh, point of view to be able to offer the service, and now be able to turn my focus and in, in order to be able to market that 
um, to photographers and say, here's the system. It's like, look, mum, no hands, set and forget, be able to walk away and have a full gift registry, you know, service that engages loved ones across borders through the, like, the notification system is 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 really sweet. Um, and from an administrative point of, uh, from a point of view is that it's it's much easier for me to, to, to handle now because I know that out of that small commission, we're actually going to make some money out of it. So it has been a very interesting journey. Wow. Like, you know, just, just listening to the, some of the things you're saying, and I, I listened to quite a few you know, Silicon Valley style podcasts that talk about business and software business. It's, it seems to be a huge, steep learning curve curve. And I'm just making an assumption here that you are an everyday person like me, uh, just somebody likes taking pictures, um, who's got a life absolutely jam packed with family and survival, then to have taken up this skill set and to learn how you do that and to approach the government to get a grant and to you know, to look at all these intricacies of actually turning, running a business and being an entrepreneur. So what was first? Were you, was that entrepreneur stuff bubbling? Is it something you came out of school with? Where in that, or was it a parental thing that got passed to you? Where did it come from? That's a really good question. So I grew up off the grid, completely off the grid. So we had no TV, no town power. Um, if you want a hot water, we had to go chop wood, um, and light the wood stove in order to be able to get hold. So I guess innovation was, or, or learning to, I just had this really very, very basic fundamental living standard, I guess, at their, um, and not having TV there in order to entertain me. It was coming up with ideas and using imagination in order to be able to entertain myself. I did, um, my dad had an old camera then. It was like this little the, the old film Minolta. I learnt photography. I taught myself photography that way, and it really was trial and error um, of not really knowing what I was doing, but over time kind of playing around with it, getting the film back, going, what did I do right, what did I do wrong? So um, I guess that's where imagination came from, and I guess innovation is that you you just got to do whatever you can with what you've got available to you, I guess. Um, and... Yeah, I think like I think it's always been there. I, I I guess the desire for me to do something unique. I've always wanted to do something different, something unique, something that other people aren't doing. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I wish it was the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love someone to be going in front of me because you know then I can you know I can imitate and yeah, you know yeah. imitating and being able to do something after somebody else, and it's, it's it's much easier I guess. Because yeah. um, there's no there one who's done what you've done with. Without no. a registry, there's nobody. No, there isn't. There isn't anyone. And um, I find it really – I mean, crowdfunding as a finance thing and blockchain and everything is all there and it's working, mm-hmm. but it's not specific and it hasn't been done for our industry or it hadn't certainly been done and now it's it's being done and you've done it and you're following that. It, tell me, with this, uh, <laughs> with this side of it, are you making your kids not watch telly? Like, how does that then go to the next? How does? What are you doing? To, are you ruining your children in some way? <laughs> oh, look! Doesn't matter what you do. I think you ruin your children. <laughs> and look, that's what makes them interesting adults. I think. Um, look, they don't. They don't. They don't definitely don't have the the same level of um, digital, like a lot of the other kids are having at school. The chatterboxes. I tell you what. Like they just. They would talk underwater. The chatterboxes. They've definitely got that. Um, imagination as well. And I guess through this process, it's 
of on entrepreneurialism, like, you know, as rough as it is, you under you uncover these other little parts of yourself that you didn't realize. And and I think a big part of that was realizing, you know, um, creating scripts and creating stories and doing that through video and, and using humor and all, and all of that. That's something that I discovered in myself. And that's something that the girls, that my girls definitely see in me. Uh, and they, they're like, Oh mom, I'm, you know, I've written this story and I want to make a movie. And, the, and then they do that as well. So the, it, yeah, I guess they're picking that up um, as well. It def- definitely that creativity and that unique thinking. Yeah. You know. I think it's, it's, it's such a dominating thing to be, you know, making something in, in, in the world that you live and the people around you. And if your kids are excited and into it and behind you and they're not, mom, why aren't we, uh, then it's a very different world. It's like you've got a team and you're working together. Mm. Uh, but you like the humour is off the scale. I, I, your videos are simply the best. And I was thinking to myself, why are you not on Parks and Recreation? Why were you not a character on Parks and Rec? You know, you could have fitted in there with Andy. You know, you could have pushed him around like, like Aubrey did, you know, he would have been um, fine for that show. Is is the career in comedy something that you thought about or you just think this is a tool I can use? Ah, oh, it's now, now I'm kind of like, oh, I, I really enjoy it. I really, really enjoy it. And we do one a month now. Um, and, and that's the thing that I work to every month. It's like, right, okay, cool. What are we doing this month? And I'll write a script and I'm, I'll get a team together and we're like, let's just go and have some fun. I really enjoy that Ignite's probably more than anything I think um I I I, look I think what actually brought it out was that discussion of printing photos and that discussion of you know everyone that you know is going to die and all you're going to have is these printed memories and how to have that conversation without being a Debbie Downer yeah and, and yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and 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 I do that through humor and I'm I'm very dark for someone who's very funny, I'm very, very dark. I love punching the dolphin. Yeah, punching the dolphin. It's, it's. So how do we have those conversations? And 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 I think it is true humor. So um. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I really, yeah. I get yeah. that. That first video. I don't know if it's your first one, but of them looking at the USB thumb drive or the CD in a frame on the wall. Uh, that I mean, that's that's something that we've Kate and I thought a lot about, and we we totally subscribe to the idea. That the uh, that you know, as a person in this world, photographs are thing we find. They're little pieces of of ephemera. They're objects that we find and discover. They don't require any technology to see. We just open our eyes and turn the light on. Mm-hmm. And that's what you you told that story. So I think when I first saw that, I was like, oh shit, there's a funny way of doing this because I spent my life angry about it. You know, not angry, not life. You know, this is only a 2000s thing, but I've always felt it because my life is so full of other people's pictures and my family stuff and I just can't let any of it go. So I really suffer from the dark side of that, this sort of a hoarding. Or oh, there's a picture I can't... Who's that in that picture? What are they doing? Why haven't I... Who? No one owns this picture. There's no name on it. What's the problem? I, I've always wanted to have that problem solved. But when <sighs> I saw you do it with a smile and I pissed myself laughing, that's exactly the technique and the target we, we need to think about. And I think photography, yeah, and, and I had a chat with um, uh, Gavin Blake. My last podcast recording was my, my mentor in art. He, he and I talk about art all the time. And for him, uh, art is in, in a context. So it's a piece that needs to be experienced in the environment that the artist wanted you experience it in. 
And with photography, more times than not, 99% of the time, it's something that's hanging on a wall or something that's sitting in some physical thing that you can relate to and experience. And seeing it in another form, like let's say I look up um, a photograph you took and I look at it on the phone and the view on the phone is one thing, but that is maybe not the intention of the way that you wanted people to experience mm. that picture. Maybe the one that's hanging on the wall behind you, you wanted the experience of standing in this beautiful white wall with this beautiful black frame thing sitting there. That's how I want that to see. On the phone, you're looking at it and I can see you've had notifications. My phone's been going bing, bing, bing since we've been talking. I'm try- if I'm trying to look at a picture of that, how disturbing and distracting. And, and you know, that's not the event I wanted for my picture. Um, mm. So, yeah, there's so much of it that you've put in there with a message that resonates, I think, with all photographers in the industry. Um, we we did a um, – I did a series with Celeste Barber. I don't know if you've seen the whole series at USB. And there actually was one particular one where he's like, oh, they've sent through a sneak peek of her wedding photo. And he passes the phone over to her and it's um, it's this cracked screen. He's like, oh, you, you, you know, your screen's cracked. That's not, it, and exactly that. That's not how it is meant to – that is not how the artist intended it to be. That's right. That's right. Um, I think COVID's really. I think COVID's really open, uh, given us the opportunity to open that conversation as well. It's like, well, why are you getting married? Like, if all of your friends and family can't come now, you know, what 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 was it about having all those? And I get that, you know, you want you want your friends and family, but but if the thing is about getting married, if marriage is the thing, does it really matter? Does it really matter that you can't have? all of these people there that you only have a select few because is it is it that and and i think it opens the the, the conversation as i was like well why do you only want to have them on a phone why do you only want to put it on social media is your is your wedding about mm. social media is your wedding about showing other people that you got married mm-hmm. or is your wedding about making a commitment to someone and actually solidifying that and and, and making it real into something tangible like what is what is what what is that all about? So I, I I feel like it's this opportunity to yeah say well what is what is love what is marriage what is, what is that about? Yeah. And yeah, open that open that conversation. Yeah, and what are the signifiers that that are a part of having a wedding and you know uh, what comes from it? And and a, and a celebrant will tell you it's the all you need to do is have some witnesses and you say yeah I commit. You know you basically sign this little pseudo contract together that you're going to do this thing um it's the other things that make it such a beautiful thing mm. it's it's having it at a, a pretty place it's it's having it with people around you that you actually care about um or it's people around you who you can't get away with not having there because it's a family thing and grandma will smack you on the head if you don't have you know and and esmeralda there um so yeah it's it's all those things in an album and the photographer is a part of that sort of thing what i found that has been pretty exciting the last few years is this sort of acceptance that a wedding doesn't have to be and I think a lot of people think it thought it had to be a $50,000 special with everything and everybody and one of the things that COVID's brought it is that they've sort of broken that going well we still want to get married we can have a party at another date um, you know and get everyone around and enjoy everyone together I still want to get married at this time and now we've got a little bit less that's going to be poured into the venue and the catering for this wedding, which, you know, there's a very expensive time to, to, you know, wedding, there is a, I don't want to say there's a wedding tax, but it certainly feels like there's a wedding tax on just about everything. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you turn it into an an elopement or something like that. And there's been a lot of people celebrating this idea of small weddings and, and, 
and all that. A lot of, and a lot of people finally having, you know, you know what? I wasn't really that into it anyway. Oh, yeah. I hate standing up in front of a crowd. I didn't want that. I was doing it, and I've heard this numerous times. I was doing it because I thought that that's what I needed to do. Yeah. Um, I saw this extremely funny post on um, like Ken's wedding buy swap sell thing um, yesterday. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't have a wedding cake at my wedding. You know, what is everybody else doing as well? And there was this photographer. It's like, wedding cakes are just kind of weird anyway. Like, what is that even about? <laughs> the wedding cake is just a weird thing. So, it's okay not to have a wedding cake. It's yeah. just, yeah, we're, I found that quite funny. <laughs> we're kind of remaking, like it's being remade in society in lots of different ways. How mm. is Cairns at the moment? I ask because my mum and dad are in Cairns Central at the apartment there. Um, oh, they're, do they live there? They are. They are at the moment. Um, they they got them. They found they're in Port Douglas for a bit, and. Then, then they were there for the off-season and then they went to Cairns Central while they tried to work out what to do next. Mm-hmm. And just to, to throw a bummer, he picked up a variation of leukaemia that he was must have been bumping around. And, you know, he's in Cairns Central. He's got a GP in the basement there. He can walk to the hospital. He can walk to the, to the waterway, the beach or whatever. He can walk to the pub. And so that they just said, oh, we'll just stay here and see what happens. So they've been there for a bit over a year now, and um, oh, they really love Cairns life. I think they're they're becoming Cairns people, but I, I can't really get out of them what's happening. I know because he's, he's immunosuppressant, so he's got to be very careful. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the feeling is of COVID around where you are and the kids, and how's your how's everything feeling? Um, first of all, I just want to say I'm so sorry to hear that. I didn't realise that, and I hope your dad's going well. Um, when it all, like, Cairns is such a tourism city. Like, the, the Chinese market was huge for us. Yep. Um, the tourists. When those, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Chinese, like, you know, you couldn't go anywhere in Cairns. There were just hordes of Chinese, and that was huge for our economy. Once those planes stopped, it was like a ghost town. Mm. Yeah, like an absolute, yeah, just boom, just absolute dead. Um, and so I think we had a bit of a... For me personally, I had a bit of a feeling, oh, okay, things, and I got out of my office lease, I got out, and it's kind of like de-leverage, 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 because I could see it coming. Um, so tourism's absolutely dead, um, and events, obviously, as well. But I guess we kind of have this opportunity that we can keep this little economy going now. So a lot of people are keeping their money now, and they're going to Port Douglas, they're going out to Fitzroy. So I think... Um, as far as, yes, we've lost a lot of money coming in. There's a, a lot of people doing more here, which is really quite nice as well. Um, we had that lockdown for a bit, but everything's pretty much back to normal now, um, I guess, as being – we're not in lockdown. Because yeah, um, yeah. Brisbane's, yeah. Brisbane's uh, got some lockdown going on down there, hasn't it? It does, yeah. I guess we're kind of we're, – we're our own little state up here. You and really we do are. have big – yeah, we really are. We do have big personal spaces as well. Like we, we don't really live very tightly together, I guess, as um, a community is, is that we're quite we're – quite, yeah. Yeah. We've got big blocks of lands, big houses and – Yeah, a lot, lots yeah. of room for the air to lots. circulate and, and yeah. that stuff. I mean, that's the big thing, isn't it? The high-density living is, the, is clearly the problem. Mm. In, in pandemic mm. conditions and whilst there is a lot of high rises um you know in cairns because of the tourism mm. the actual people that live there and, and i suppose the occupancy will be at all time low and those those poor people running those places would be 
and Dad's benefiting from that because he's a he's now very much a resident, so he's getting great rates. Um, mm. And it turns out the person who owned the apartment is living on is a lab owner from Canberra. And, you know, who we used to do work for. Oh, what? <laughs> like, how crazy is that? And, of course, you're there and, you know, Ross Eason's not too far away and there's a few people. He Once he's feeling well, he needs to get out and say hello to all you all you fabulous Cairns people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. I think mum's looking for someone to party with, actually. I think she's, yeah, right. <laughs> she needs to drink and smoke and, and, <laughs> and party. I can only make it to 8 o'clock. That's kind of like, <laughs> I'm like, right, I've got to go to bed now. Yeah, you be but careful. But before 8. I'm good to go. She's an all-nighter, and the and the both of them are, actually no, it was her, her and my uncle with dad's brother. They got locked up one time. It was in in Darwin, and so so yeah, you might want to stay clear of that. That's a little party. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, so tell me your J Create photography side of your life. That would have been knocked about, I expect, because well, were people still thinking of engaging photographer, rebuilding website stuff? You do a bit of everything, don't you? You do. Uh, real estate and yeah mainly commercially these days so I kind of went away from the weddings and portraits they take a lot more of me and then while I had well I have album registry that takes a lot of my time as well so commercial I do have, just have a lot of repeat clients um, through real estate I'll shoot for a lot of builders um, and then I'll do like you know bigger projects nursing homes big construction and that sort of stuff so um, look that's the bread and butter I, I still do that you know Monday to Friday um, yeah, it did take a, a fairly big big knock, especially when we went into that kind of that that lockdown in the beginning. I was doing a shoot here and there, um, but yes, look, it's it's very much ramped up now, and there's a bit of stimulus going around as far as people engage rebuilding websites at the moment, becoming more uh, digitally savvy. I guess there was um, some grants that the Queensland government put out for that, um, which have been up here. So that means that there's some other work, you know, getting people's websites, you know, ready and, and, and photos for that as well. So, yeah, look, it's bubbling along there. I've been, I, I guess I've been very fortunate to to have a variety of, of yeah. oh, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. I wouldn't solely be a real estate photographer. I wouldn't solely be a wedding photographer. But I think that, that I, I like the variety of having, oh, yeah. I guess, a bit of chaos in my life as well. It would be nice if I just kind of <laughs> did one thing. But, um. You know, if if you just do one thing and that market crashes, you need to have something else. So I guess in cans, yeah, you got to have a little bit of everything. Yeah, I think that's a, a really great bit of advice for for everybody. Although I think some people it, it plays on the idea that they're never getting things finished. They they're not they never get to the end of something. Do you suffer from that at all? Uh, you know, like, like this idea that oh, I, I can't finish that off or I never really got to be that where I was heading down that path or you're just mm-hmm. one of these people who just shoots off in whatever the best direction feels like right now? I – look, I'm very fortunate to to be in a position up here where it's – it is a small town. I'm kind of a big deal. I'm kind of <laughs> – Well, you're Entrepreneur of the Year or something for, for a while there, weren't you? Yeah, solopreneur, you know, for the Cairns um, business. Women's Do you have Club, a crown and a scepter or some shit like that? And I, do right have a f- little, I do have a little. I'll show you. Oh, sweet. Oh, look at that. It's a nice piece of glass. That's and, awesome. you know, I felt like an absolute fraud when I was getting this. So everyone's championing you going, wow, you're doing so well. And meanwhile, behind the scenes, I'm like rocking going – oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. It's huge, you know, like the perception yeah. that that people have and, and um, yeah, Poor public fraud. Yeah. That is everything, though. Like life is a, is a theatre, you know. We've got these 
canvas painted front that we put out there. And, you know, my favourite expression is don't mistake someone else's onstage for your backstage. And, mm. you know, we're all so comparative with things in life. We look at what other people are doing. We think, ma 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 ma. And I know people look at you and go, holy shit, how can I not get done what she can get done in a day? <laughs> you know, this morning you've already let a painter onto your roof. You've, you know, you've, you've yeah. got the kids off to school. You've done a ton before I we must, get on the school. I must say, I must say, and going back to that question, I said, no, I do get shit done. I definitely get the shit done is when I make a commitment to do something um, and I'm very stubborn. Cool. You know, there, there's been times where, and, you know, sorry to go back to it, it's not all dark years, but there'll be, there'll be these moments in building album registry where any sane person would go, enough is enough. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but I just kept going because I like to finish things through and I think that's, Testament to why I have such incredibly um, loyal and repeat customers that keep coming back to me time and time again because they know that at the end of the day I'm going to get things done and I'm always going to, you know, honour my word and make sure that I deliver an absolutely amazing product. And I do pride myself on that as well. But, yeah. No, I, I, get I, I totally get done. that. It, yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's, like, that's so lacking in, you know, there's a lot of people feel that it's not perfect it's not 150 million percent uh you know i'll just leave walk away from it and everybody knows you've just got to keep bashing through with it and you know you get it to like as close to perfect as you possibly can and then it functions and it's actually better than everyone else expected and mm. you know i think that's exactly you know the, the the way to focus on life and to to sort of hammer away at it um, mm. um well that's great because i know i know that that sense of uh, you know, I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that. And especially if someone has got a variety of things they like to do, it's a real challenge. Um, mm. And to be on top of some things. And then, of course, for to be recognised for that, that's insane. You need a, a necklace out of it to make a blingy necklace or something. Ble- <laughs> yeah, like a wrapper. Like the clock. Yeah, like the clock wrapper. Dude. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Be, be so on with it. But no, <laughs> that, that, is, that is spot on. So tell me, what happened? Like, from what led you from being a a kid without electricity or TV, did into the school, into entrepreneurship, were you, like, did you go to a high school that had, like, a, a business side of things or did you pick up further education in, or did you have a mentor? What then got you into this sort of thing where I can run a business and... Um, that's a great question. So I was a terrible student. Um, I was a very disengaged teenager, um, so it's more about the education system probably than... Well, yeah, and it wasn't engaged. I, I spent the majority of the time actually thinking I was dumb and I was stupid. I, I wasn't. I just wasn't learning in a way that helped me. And I disengaged, definitely disengaged. I, and I say to this day, I just, I can't count. I can't count. I'm getting better at it now and I have a lot of anxiety around numbers and stuff. So is um, that dyscalculia like that? Yeah, yeah. And a, a lot of that, like I'm doing my threes and that's, I'm getting better at it. I've actually started maths tutoring as an adult, but I was a disengaged teen. So for me, and my dad was a teacher. So you can imagine that that was, and that was kind of like, okay. oh, geez. And, my, you know, my brother and sister, they're straight A students. They're off to university. They're doing all those things. And me, the black sheep, you know, it's just, <laughs> I was off the rails. But he, um, he was, a, he set up train he set up like apprentices and you know boys going in to do the you know trades okay. and so he's like you're gonna need to find you're gonna need to find a trade so I actually started um yeah professional photo finishing so 
I went to a pro lab and I, I learned all of the things that you guys do, how to, you know, do the slide processing and all, all of the oh, wow. enlargements and back in the day. Um, and so I did a school-based traineeship and then went into, went into work, I guess. I just, I did that. I did, um, I did this, um, what was it? It was, um, what is it? Work experience. That's the word I'm looking for. With this photographer um, up here, and I'm still friends to him this day, and he's like always been my idol. And it was the day he was like, right, um, I need to shut down my old business. I'm getting divorced. Today we're going to go and we're going to start a new business. And so I just tagged along with him. We went to the post office, I think, back in the day. That's where you went to start a new business. Register, and we went to the yeah. post office. Yeah, and he, and he basically showed me. And I was like looking at this man going, oh, he's – Wow, and so I, I learned that, and then I watched watched him go, and it, it to me I was like, oh, this seems quite natural. You just go when you do the things. Um, so going straight into work, that that was great for me, um, and so yeah, that's that's just what I did. It, it, I I wanted to be, I guess I wanted to work for myself. Terrible employee as well oh. as a terrible student. Yeah. I'm a sprinter. I don't have longevity. I'm easily distracted. I need that variety. <laughs> and I, I, quite frankly, I probably don't like being told what to do either. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I wanted to, what I like, I left the industry for a bit cause I wanted to be a rock star. That didn't really work oh, out. Really? Yeah. 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 So I was a musician as well. Like, I got, so, sorry, I'm going all over. The Is place. that the so, guitars in the background? That is, yeah. So I was, you know, I sent, I saved up all of my trainee um, wage to get this this camera, and it was like this film camera. And then I reckon about two months later, digital came out. It was like completely obsolete, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck this, I'm out. But I was playing music at that point, and I thought, oh, I'm going to be this, you know, amazing musician. And you know, that went alright for a bit as well. And I kind of train wrecked all over the place. But um, yeah, I had a had a, you know, like an album, and I played, wow. out, played at the Sydney Big Day Out. What? On the chill out stage. What? And it is a whole nother. So hang on, hang on, hang on. What, what, what was the genre of music? I mean, if you've got a big day out, it's got to be popular. Oh, look, it was only on the chill out stage. It wasn't like on, a, on a main thing like that. Look, it was very angsty. It was very like, oh, my God, you broke my fucking heart. Um, you know, like real angsty stuff that like, I wouldn't even want my kids to listen teenage. to today. But I was just, yeah, it was really teenage angsty kind of stuff that I look back and I'm like, wow, I thought I had real problems and hilarious. Um, but yeah, I, that didn't really work out. So I went back to photography actually. Um, so how long did Rockstar last? Ah, look, it, it kind of, I think about 19, 1920, that's when it train wrecked and it kind of all blew up. I had the, I, I didn't think I was good enough and all of that, you know, that's, you know, that, yeah, yeah, the yeah. tortured artist sort of thing. I was like, oh, everyone's, yeah, it, and just that lifestyle wasn't for me anyway. So just constant kind of partying and that sort of stuff. So, so were I had you a, to, front, a front person, like we up the front of the band, solo artist. Yeah, I had I had you know other members at stage, but in the end, I was just a solo artist, and I'd get up there with the guitar and sing awesome. my sing my heart out, and yeah. Awesome. Is there any YouTube videos we can watch? No, I don't. I won't. Get, I won't let anyone. Oh, and, come and you on, know, girl. You know, the great thing, and the oh, you know, the awesome thing is that I did it under a stage name, and um, yeah. What was it? I can't tell you. What was it? I will never get out. Never okay. Get out. Can... I'm going to make this my life's work to find out what it was. There are a few people out there who they're like, oh, I'm going to find out one day, but you won't. Oh, well, you won't. okay. Yeah. I've got some clues. I'm writing down my clues here. No, yeah. I'm not going to hassle you. That sounds good. So 19 or 20, you, you then saw you bought the wrong camera, which really sucked. <laughs> um, and then what happened next? 
did that and then I went into I was down in Brisbane and I just did hospitality I did some sales roles and um that I guess very task orientated very quick yeah, quick yeah, sort yeah. of on your feet um then I had babies I guess and that's when I was like oh what am I going to do what can I do to to and you know I guess that that whole mum tog thing that stuffs um, up everything doesn't it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> So I went back to the camera and, and honestly, I had to relearn. I had to relearn everything. Yeah. Um, my my husband at the time was a fisherman, so he he works away seven months of the year. So when he was away, it was me and the kids. I like to have my own money, so yeah. I, I started you know building a business. And I thought weddings and portraits were my thing, and I was like, but I need to be shooting every single day. So I started um, shooting real estate. Yep. And. Um, you know, before too long, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm specialising in that, and people are. I'm getting a name for myself, and I was like, oh wow, I'm actually getting quite good at this. And and it wasn't wasn't so. And then the real estate actually started feeding who I met on real estate, fed the weddings, and they fed the portraits, and it became kind of this little referral thing that kind of came out of yeah, that. Yeah, 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 as well. So, well, you know, I moved that's best practice, that. really, isn't it? Like mm. that's what you would encourage anyone to really do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If you if you if if your business can run without advertisement and it is that word of mouth, I think you're really onto something. Yeah, because I think yeah. the expense of the hit rate for advertising and mm. and you know marketing is so challenging. You got to be pro- properly unique, where you know the pre-sold idea where people know who you are, um, and that's why I suppose why J Create is still supporting these mm. past clients because that's how you how you run. Mm. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly right, and that, you know they're all like they're all like family to me as well. I, yeah. Like I like I genuinely love my clients. <laughs> no, that's that's I totally believe you. I totally. Yeah. Believe, I mean, in in the end, they feed us. They f- yeah. they feed you. They there's more to it than that, and it's not a commercial ugliness. It's it's a village life, and it's particularly mm-hmm. in a small town. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a village life. It but, is. That's right. Thank you for thanks for putting food on the table. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. 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 So how, how did you? Uh, why was Cairns in the equation? Where did, origi- did you end up in Cairns? Was I'm originally south? from up here, about okay. an hour south in a little town called Innisfail. Yes. Most, yes. So that was famous for Cyclone Larry. That was the one yeah. that got hit by Cyclone Larry, yeah. Um, so that's where I grew up and then kind of Cairns is that little progression, I guess. Well, it, well when you grow up in Innisfail, the big thing is like we're all going to move to Brisbane. So everyone's like the big, the big dream is everyone moves to Brisbane. And then you get to Brisbane and you realise it's just a big Innisfail because um, then you just go down there and hang out with everyone that you hung out with in Innisfail. So you haven't really done anything. You've just changed location. Um, so I was down there for a bit, but then Cairns is a natural progression. Um, my ex-husband, he, you know, his boat left out of here as well. So um, this is home. This is, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it is it is a long way away. I mean, you're as far from uh, Brisbane is than we are from Brisbane, I think. It's something like that. And people forget this thing about Australia that it's so damn massive. And yet far north Queensland should actually be a state of its own, I think, the way the way it works. It is, yeah. It is far away. And, you know, I used to worry about that as I was like, oh, you know, maybe I need to move to a big city in order to make album, you know, to get album registry to that next level. And there's always been that kind of thing. But now with COVID as well, it's like we don't – it does not actually matter. And I think they're saying that a lot of people are moving up to Cairns and buying property up here from down south now. Because there is there's nothing really – jump on a plane. I mean, not at the moment, obviously, but um, jump on you, – you've got an international airport here. You can go wherever it is that you want to go. Um, and the housing prices are incredible and yeah. you get so much space and so much land. It is beautiful. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking that perhaps if the NBN wasn't stuffed up in the first round, um, that we'd be kind of where we are now. It took a pandemic to smack us into this idea that we can successfully remote work. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, you know, your business is, is kind of proofed in so many ways from whatever drama's going on. Who would have thought, and I, I don't know how it's been for you, I should ask you this question, but who would have thought we'd still all be trading when they can't actually have a wedding um, mm. or they've limited? How has that, how have you fe- found with your people that are buying album registry as a product, have, ha- have they been getting work or has it been completely suppressed for most of your market? Yeah, it died. It, it absolutely died. Um, but it was an awesome opportunity for me. For me um, so J Create, it died. Um, and then Album Registry died. And I was like, this is this is an ample opportunity. I'm getting JobKeeper. This is the time that I get to sit down and refine absolutely everything that and do all those things that I've been like, oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do that and not actually having the time to sit down and do it. So definitely like – it all it all stopped. All the transactions stopped, um, especially because we know weddings weren't and weddings were a huge one for us. Um, but you know what we noticed was the baby showers. That's when it. That's when things started kicking up. Okay. Um, and the opportunity for people to give, even though they can't make it to a baby shower, even sex though sex doesn't stop. No, the people, sex doesn't stop. People are having babies more than ever. But what we saw was then, you know, like grandma and granddad are over in the UK. They can't get over here. So, you know, let me give you something. Let me give you something amazing. And so they give to it. And what we actually saw, so through 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 time, I guess, all through my research and development, I was like, yeah, people will create a registry and it will only get to so far. It might only get to, some will get to 100% funded, some might only get to 27%. And it really fluctuated between not just photographers, but a photographer can have a such different results between many different registries. But what we did notice is that people started engaging in it a hell of a lot more. And these baby shower registries, even though they're, you know, they're not two and a half thousand dollars, they're probably on average about $800. They're hitting their targets every right. single time. Right, right. Um, and that was, that was really cool to see that through, I guess, um, taking that time to redevelop those notification systems and 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 write that differently, introduce um, you know people that have given towards the registry, introduce them to the photographer, engage them in different ways, um, and create a little bit of I guess tension. Uh, you know who can give the most and who can leave the nicest message is that we actually saw that increase and 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 to me I thought oh well, that's that's really cool is um, while it did die. We're getting better results, and that's awesome. Yeah, I think there's that build-out of these systems that, you know, if the people took the time as photographers, which they have done, to build better online galleries uh, and to try and eke out of the market that they photographed a little bit more, then Mm. what's it going to be like when things are back to normal? It's going to be great. Mm. You know, a lot of people have sorted it. And I know the amount of work we've been doing for, you know, shoot-proof, photo merchant, pick time, um, all those guys are... like there's so much energy that's happened and they've kept us alive, which suggests mm. to me that this web sales, I mean, in-person sales are so important, but mm. it suggested to me that web sales and this engagement and this deeper engagement with little communities like you've built with this sort of commenting system um, and, and you know, little gifts towards, uh, you know, the final product. I think that has built this energy that is, is kind of laid a, f- a found foundation for a really interesting couple of years we've got to come. I could not agree more. So um, we are 
integrating with pick time any day now. <laughs> oh, just, you know, they are, Fine, the, they are the sweetest people on earth. They are lovely. So I met them um, at WPPI the first year that we um, we launched over in America and um, they were across from us and we were playing all of our videos there. They were so annoying and it was just like this video on repeat, repeat, repeat. And, um, you know, we struck up a bit of a relationship there and I've always been interested um, of what would happen if – if you could increase the amount of people landing on a gallery. And I think that, that, that they've been kind of trying to crack this code for quite some time, which is what I've heard. And so how do they capture the data of all of these people before an event has happened so they can invite them after? So, you know, more eyes, more sales. Yep. And so we do that really, really well. You do, Especially, don't you? Oh, my God, it's amazing. So, you know, we've had a – a baby shower that's going through there at the moment and it's ten dollars per gift and, and it's a thousand dollar registry and there are people buying up big there's there's like 20 30 40 different people that are going there so we get all this data we talk to them and it's like what would happen if that was a wedding or if it was any sort of event what would happen if then after the event you could redirect all of those people to land on that gallery when then they can buy themselves a print or yeah. they can buy like I just, I'm really fascinated to see what is going to come of that, and that's why we we did partner with with Picktime because I'm I'm interested to see what's going to happen, and and I'd love to be able to again then go and uh, integrate with with the shoot proof, with the photo merchant, with everyone in order to be able to, and, yeah, um, like they uh, just, you know, I don't think it's out of school to say I think I've brought it up before, but Picktime spent more with us in the month single month on month during the pandemic than they did at christmas time last year so it really 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 works um, mm. as as a system and i think you know you talked about the, the the reasons why you felt that your portrait business didn't work back in the day there was a very very strong anti non-in-person sales if i said that right it was everyone was said it's all got to be in person. It's got to be in person. No other way to run a business. It's got to be in person. And a lot of the educators um, have kind of missed the the thinking behind this. And mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that early adoption would have been smart, but you know it's the only thing that's really worked now. And I think it's a string to the bow because I think in person is super critical and pre sales and all that sort of stuff. I think it's still super critical, but. If you don't have a web gallery running now, you, you won't have a business um, yeah. of sorts. And what you've offered is that pre-roll, you know, getting people – smack the mic um, – getting people uh, before lined up. Now, one of our clients is a school photographer, and they actually do the ticketing system for formals. So mm. as a photographer, they've developed a software package to sell tickets to the formal. Now, what that does is pre-register all those email addresses of all the families – because they want to go and they make sure they get, does anyone else want to see the pictures? And of course, who gets to see all the, the email, the email, the gallery afterwards. It's just, it's that sort of thinking that's making it all work a little better. And as a user, it's not a predatory thing we're talking about. It's not what Facebook does. We're not selling user data. We're not, you know, it's about doing what you've done, allowing more people to see that and quickly buy something if they want it. Or And or help. And it's about helping. Yes. And that's because I'm passionate about that. I think you, know, you, you, if, if, if you need to be able to facilitate that access. Yeah, yeah. And if people don't want to do an in-person sales, that's okay. But we should still be able to facilitate that access. Yeah. And that's what it, what is important is I, I, I want to be able to help that happen. I want to be able to – I want to see change. I want to see – I want to help 
labs in in the industry. I want to help people get what they want. I want people to 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 buy prints because I think it's important. Um, so yeah, it, it is not predatory, and you might see that. It's like when you start talking data and all of that, but yeah. um, with a hundred percent privacy and respect for every single person that goes through that, and we treat that asset with care. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it really is. I'm really passionate about facilitating that access. Yeah, and that that conversation we had earlier about prints as objects and as physical items or a pic not prints pictures as objects and physical items um mm. yeah, kate and i did a ton of research on this and i know it's obviously going to be biased because we benefit from that you can read it any way you want but we did do 60 interviews with people from not just photographers but you know parents uh, empty nesters um grandparents teenagers and just what we we actually asked them about and we did an interview that was a Average about two hours, one to two hours was the sort of thing. Um, most of them went over two hours, though, believe it or not. It was, and if you sit down, you buy someone a coffee or lunch, they, they will talk about their pictures and why they take pictures and why they like pictures and what it meant to them. And mm. we had these conversations. It took us a year and a half to get this information together, but we felt we got this thing that there is a relationship between something physical and a picture. And I'm sure that's changing. I mean, I'm sure we're used to screensavers. I'm sh we're used to social media. I'm sure this is going to slowly pivot. But until a device uh, is just offering, you know, we talked about notifications. We talked about you take phone calls, unpleasant phone calls. You look at emails on your phone. You know, some some people look at porn on their phone. Who'd have thought of that? You know, <laughs> and so and you're looking at your baby pictures on the phone. At the oh same time. wow! Like, I never like, so where weird. does all this go together? It's a mixed device that carries mixed emotions with it. Phones, yes, iPads, laptops, TV screens, you know, you, you listen to politics, you know, God. You know, I and, and you look at your family this, photos too. <laughs> yeah, I had this this incredible that is another video idea. I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to do it this month and I'd love you guys to be involved in this one. Um, so like, so your mother's like, you know, you have a parent who is who is dying in bed. And they, she passes you a little piece of paper, and on it has her iCloud login details. <laughs> hey, so and then so, so and how much, what do you really need to sad, make this? How it's much? a sad time. It's Come a in. really sad time. And so then your daughter or whoever it is <laughs> takes these iCloud login details, opens up the computer, like distraught. <laughs> you know, mum's just died, and she logs in. She's like, "Oh, Bali, two thousand and eight. Opens it, and she goes, "Oh, fuck." Ah. I didn't wish I didn't look at that, you know, before kids, like mum and dad's honeymoon. <laughs> and so, like, in <laughs> so many of these situations, like, yeah, but, like, let's go forward a little bit until there is, and I love what you guys are doing with that QR code on the prints. And, and I think that that's might be somewhere where we're going with that, but until we have something that we know is... <sighs> Yeah. Is going to be able to replace yeah, iCloud. You don't know. Like, it changes so yeah. quickly. Like, yeah. And I, I do. Yeah. I love iCloud. And I love, uh, you know, I use Lightroom and I like, I put things into iCloud because I like that being available on my devices. And it's doing face recognition. You know, there's stuff that's happening which is super important that an album mm. can't give you. Uh, mm. I mean, it gives you a lot of other stuff. And I think we've got to think about this combination. We've got to think about... Um, you know, if you there's a service, and I can't remember what the name of it was, but I did meet the developers when I was at a there's a a software conference um, in San Francisco that happened every year that was about mobile. Oh, I know Mobile Photo Connect it was called, and oh, okay. there's a system where you can have a photograph in a book or an album that when you point a phone at it, 
it will recognise the photo and take you to a website. So it's like the image itself is a QR code. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that that is a, uh, a quick reference link, I suppose, to the deeper story. So how lovely is it pointing your phone at your album and it, the phone comes alive and then there's grandma talking about that day that photo was taken. Because um, that's, what's, that's what's missing is the story, mm. the metadata behind the photos. That's what we need to add into it. I think that's, the, that's what I think's next. And, yeah. and that connection, that's what I, we're getting out of that out of iCloud because we're getting this photo was taken at this location. I'm looking at this face. I know this face. Even though we're looking at a location, if we're at the Eiffel Tower, what if we're not pointing at the Eiffel Tower? It's not a picture of the Eiffel Tower anymore. You know, mm. it's a picture of Paris in a different direction. So we need to know whether the camera's pointing north, south, east, west. Well, we do that by looking at monument recognition, which is there. It's, you know, they go, well, that shape, we know what that shape is. There's only one Eiffel Tower. Um, you know, so there's yes. all this stuff that's sneaking in the background that, they tell us about, but it's really hard to listen to it because it's a lot of information coming in. There's so yeah. much noise out there, man. That is. And, and it's, up for yeah. you, it's up to you and to me to, mm. and people like us who are thinking about this sort of stuff to make those connections and because mm -hmm. that's the value that we're bringing to people because everybody, everybody loves and treasures their photographs. It's just that how do we get it all working for them better? Um, mm. And that's that's the genius of what you've done with, with, with your business. Tell me, you, babies... Uh, baby showers, what else do you feel the album registry may fit in with? Have you got any targets in sight? Look, it really is primarily that the weddings and the baby showers. When people, they're, they're at a time when funds can be a little bit tight for people and gift giving is at its highest. So I guess that's our kind of our ideal. Um, I am in discussions with the moment with a, with a lady who does boudoir shoots, but would they do it with groups of ladies as well? Um so I guess in that case, there's, um, you know, that really annoying thing that if, if everyone's going to go, say, paint, play paintball or something like that, and there's that one person's like, oh, hey, guys, it's going to cost $300. Everyone put your money into my bank account. And there's always that dickhead that doesn't get around to doing it. And, you know, yeah, it's always that one guy. Scamming. So I guess it, <laughs> I can see it working in that way as well. I guess it's just about reframing the wording that we use for that. So it's like a group of ladies, they come together, it's going to cost them $250 each. They could all ring in individually. Um, that's a lot of time on the phone call for, um, you know, for the photographer or an administrator uh, or for that one person to be able to collect all the money. So I, I guess in that way it's like, hey, there's a package here that's $2,500. It's for six ladies. Everyone go um, and pay your part yeah. in towards that. Um, so I guess it, I can see it moving in that direction as well. There's so much we can do. Um, but I guess at the moment it really is the weddings and the baby showers and weddings not so much at the moment although now is a really good time for photographers to get on and familiarize themselves with it yeah. and get ready for next year there's no reason why you can't create the you know the registry even though it is for next year because it's it'll give those countdowns 12 months away six months away three months away um you know the countdown reminders um as well but they're our main two at the moment yeah uh, look i mean the the stuff that's typically given or put on an album registry. I remember when we got married, I, I the, the people who took bought things off the registry, thanks, but we put stuff on that registry just to, just because you had to. And <laughs> oh my god, we got some awful, awful stuff that I just shit gifts. I just want to give shit gifts. I just want to, and you can't even give it away because it's a little too fancy, you know, or it's something something that's got too much silver plating on it to really mm. do anything with. And what am I, Queen Elizabeth? You know, and. Uh, you want real stuff, you know. This is where 
This is wedding. But, it, you know, it's really interesting when we look at, I guess, influence and influence over time. So it used to be that gift registry. It used to be the gift table. Then all of a sudden it was like this, the, 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 um, the wishing well. All of a sudden it's like cash. And the progression of that, it, you know, it's not quick. It, it happens over time. You know, people feel uncomfortable at first. They need to write a little poem and put that in invitation. So people are like, oh, asking for cash, is it too much? But now it's just ex- it's, it's expected. Yeah. It's normal. And I guess that has been the, uh, a big challenge for us as well is, is to be able to go, this is not a overnight thing. You have to, um, I guess, help brides and grooms or expectant mothers or anyone feel comfortable with asking their friends and family to give towards something like this. It's like, I don't want to ask them to give, you know, I don't want to ask them to give me anything. It's like, well, you're going to do it anyway. And they're going to, you know, you can have that conversation once and and give people the opportunity to go, you know what? I don't want anything, but here it is if you want it. Or you're going to have to have that conversation 12 times in one week before your wedding. Everyone's ringing going, do you want anything? Do you want to say, no, 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 no. Just have the conversation once yeah. and it's done. Um, and yeah, lead people. People want to be led. Yeah. But it's a it's a cultural thing, I guess, it's that awkward. we feel. It's awkward. And, and thankfully the expectation is 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 there that it, it works. You know, you're going to give a gift of some sort. Why not make it something nice? I mean, you're sure. Who doesn't want to have money pinned all over, to their, all over their dress? That's an, a great idea, I think. Great. <laughs> Just bring me the cash. Yeah. But, but I'm likely to screw it up, you know, and spend it on, on some sort of a honeymoon party rather than, uh, you know, <laughs> rather than something sensible like the photographer. Yeah. yeah. And people love, and this is, you know, the feedback. So obviously I go through when I do interviews that, you know, with people that have given and it's like, oh my God, it was just so easy. Didn't have to get out of the car and run around and try and find an ATM. And, and that's kind of like, no one, no one carries cash anymore. If you do, I don't know. You're, you're a gangster. Know, you're a drug dealer, right? That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's so easy. It's three, it's three. And you don't even have to be at the event, you know, engaging people to give across borders that can't make it, uh, giving them the opportunity. Like what other opportunities are there out there to give someone a gift if I can't make it to their wedding and I'm in the UK? Um, here it is. Yeah, give it, just give it to the people who, who can't make it that still want to give you something. I love it. It's just so mm. clever. So clever. Well, look, my dear friend, it's over an hour now. We've had a great chat. Uh, Thanks for having me. You should be the... You should get all the awards and you should get all the money. I, I think you deserve it all. Um, you've built something for everybody that it genuinely is genuinely is something for everybody. And you've done it off your own back with your own everything. Um, you just put all the power and energy into it. And the people like you, we need to just keep celebrating. Thank you, very girl. <laughs> Thank you very much. I really, you know, and, and getting recognition from my peers and other people in the industry is, is, is huge. Is is absolutely huge, and 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 that when I when I hear that, and sometimes you just get a little email where you reply reply like you did yesterday and go, I love this. It's like, oh yes, I can keep going, and it's things like that because it is being a photographer is lonely, being an entrepreneur and and doing this that is very lonely um, as well. So I, I think, you know, earning the the love and the respect of my peers within the industry is huge. So and I thank you so much for being <laughs> such a huge support of that. It really, it really um it helps me along. It's like. You know, gets me up every day as well. So I do, I do really do appreciate that. And just tell us what we need to do to be a part of this next big video plan you have. I mean, Kate, Kate and I are going. We gotta do something. This is too good. <laughs> this is too good. Look, I love the idea of you know doing those as like like a co a co production with 
with yeah. you guys, with with other people as well. It's like yeah. let's work together and, and I know, just work do, with all the brands. Do it, girl. Do it and and like let's just create some really cool shit mm. that everyone can use. And it, and wild. it's it's just helping. It's telling stories. It's it's getting to the absolute core of things using humor and 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 funniness. And it's bringing more light in the world. We don't need any more fucking oh, darkness. God, yeah. It's like oh, let's do it with humor and let's do it with humor. And, yeah, and and I and. I think just share it, download it, like love it. You know, for photographers out there, you can download this stuff. You can put it into your own socials. Please share it, share it around and share it often. And, and yeah, for you guys as well, let's let's just create some really cool shit and get it out there. Wonderful, Diana. Thank you and uh, enjoy cans. Yeah. See you soon, hey? Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Welcome back, everybody. How about that, that Diana interview? Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. And we, we have the videos that she did with us that were hilarious. And she's doing another one. We're going to send her some product and she's going to do that video, the, the Nana video. <laughs> Nana on a deathbed. Yeah, it's yes. going to be fucking great. Oh, that sounds awful though to say that, to say laugh about Nana on a deathbed. <sighs> Depends on your Nana, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I suppose Frankly, so. I've known Nanas that uh, was pretty thrilled to see the back of. <laughs> Nanas that made... Disparaging comments about my weight, for example. You are terrible. Am I? Yes. Well, someone's got to be. Can't have all these fucking sweethearts running around. So what do you think Yana's going to do next? What's the next big thing for our album? I think Reds? she needs a TV show, frankly. Fuck all this Well, hang on, hang on. That might be her J-Create brand. Yeah, I think she just needs to go into television. She needs to, like, run a whole TV show. She would have been good on Parks and Recreation, wouldn't she? Yeah, but I think she, I like, she could just do, like, the, the 2020 version of... Comedy Company. Yeah. yeah. Fast Forward or any of those comedy skit shows. Like, she's just the fucking queen of them. Yeah. So good. Got a real skill. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to put a bunch of her videos up on all the things. And because um, it's not just the one that she did with us, but like so many good ones. Yeah. Where she had those actors, which are act known actors. Like, you know the actors, who they are and everything. She fucking hired them and got them to do these little skits. And they're brilliant. And how they're not viral, I don't understand. Yeah. I think in, in a lot of ways, she's that, that idea, that definition of the idea of make it, put the effort into it, make it good, and it'll follow. And I think, I think it's all following for her. Mm. I mean, she's just... She's here and she survived a lot of years of doing this stuff. It's got to be over 10 years now. Yeah, and it's funny because I first met her at... Baby Summit? Baby Summit. Yeah, and I was... No, you know where she was... There was another event. I reckon it was an AIPP event where she yeah, had no, to stand across the I road. Met her. Yeah, And she had those I videos. I she was an American company, like yeah, this giant... massive company. And she had those videos playing. Yeah. And I, because, you know... Were there people with the framed CD on their wall oh, or the framed losers. USB? Yeah, and then I could – no, no, no. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got confused. But, yeah, but then I never watched the videos because I was too busy running the stand and, like, yelling at our competition because their competition kept coming over and going, oh, how do you do this? And I kept going, oh, how about you fuck way before that? No, no, no. I'm telling you. You're telling the story. I'm fucking telling you. You're like, well, I'm pretty sure that's not right. No. <laughs> That's fucking right. You met her before that. And you threatened to throw me to traffic this afternoon. Oh, I know. Like, Threatened. How did I manage not to follow through? <laughs> I still don't know. And yet here I am in two seconds. What so am I going to do? You, Cook you dinner. Yeah, you met her before. You met her then. But I never watched the. Sh- I never watched the TV. They were just the on the But background. when you saw the videos, we saw it on, on, on the Facebook on YouTube. Good. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. She's brilliant. 
Um, so anyway, uh, great. Follow so up. So moment of colour, what do you got? Well, I was just going to say, I want to encourage everyone to f- look up album registry. I think she needs, she's doing it for baby showers as well. Yeah. But I think, could you imagine using it as a crowdfunding system for exhibitions or like there's opportunities there. She just needs to. I think, yeah, I think there's big opportunities And the fact there. that she's an Australian person and she, I mean, this is our thing, came out of our industry why would you go to other kinds of crowdfunding systems if she's built something specifically around photography? Anyway, check her out. Hit her up on the old Instas or the Facebooks and make friends with her and tell her what you want her to do with album registry because I think there are opportunities galore. So your moment of colour. Yes. You know how we spoke last time about um, colour shifts and, and all that kind of stuff in process control and all those sorts of things? Well, I had the most bizarre experience this week where I was well actually it was late last week but where I was struggling with this is the color good today what do we need to do to change it how do we do it and then I realized that I was actually getting my old mojo back in ability to perceive color I thought I'd frankly lost it through being an old man and not doing color all the time because you know being able to see color and work out what it needs to change is the skill. Mm. It's not remembering what good colour is particularly, but it's yeah. about saying well, what what what's missing. And I was having a struggle seeing, oh, is it magenta or is it red, which magenta is actually a, quite of a blue-red. Um, is it green or is it yellow? And green and yellow are very difficult colours to tell apart sometimes as to what's missing. Mm. And... Um, I just started to sort of slot slotted back into me. And Karen was always said, well, it's like a bike. You work it out once you get back on it. And I always said, no, no, that's my colour skills. I can't see it. So it's a practice-based thing, which I think, you know, in that world, if you're not assessing colour and getting feedback by seeing the results, how how do you ever get good at it? Is it just a natural – is it a natural thing that some people have? Or is it something you got to practice? I think it's like drawing. I think everyone can draw – Everyone can pretty much everyone who doesn't have a color blindness issue can color correct, but you got to be doing it. You got to be at but it. You also, I think, you also have to have an ability to know when it's right because, like, when I've done it, you know, you can just go around and around in circles forever, and suddenly it's too blue. Now you go to two yellow, and it's too blue, yellow, blue, yellow, and it's just like fuck. It just doesn't stop. And I think that is also made worse if you have anybody near you that's psyching you out like you know like a bunch of times when i've tried to do color down the back you know the girls are there they love to stand there behind you with their arms crossed going mm-hmm, i would have gone a bit more and it just <laughs> fucking sucks the life force out of you so like having a, a feeling of like yes this is right and having a sense of confidence of the color is actually a big part of it as well but i know uh, like God, the number of times I have conversations with photographers where they're like, I I just don't know. I think my edit is wrong. I think my midtones are too blue and too yellow or whatever the fuck it is. And and they lose confidence because they're also sitting in a room on their own hoping that they that their edit, edit is right. And the, and because often what they're doing also, which is something Cy talks about a lot, Cy Moore, is is the the um, you know, they're, they're aiming for something that's somewhat artificial because a lot of the edits now are not just trying to get it to look like film. They're trying to get it to look like a specific 
desired look, which is right. very moody, very dark. Very and they may dense. not have shot for that. They may not have shot for that, but they're also it's also then what are you aiming for? You can't color correct to a Shirley if you're trying to get you know um, the the density of tone that somebody like Joel from Barefoot or Ollie Sansom can can often want to achieve. So you know color correcting to a Shirley, which is that sort of gold standard of colour. Well, your A standard of colour. It's A standard of colour, exactly. So then you have to have reference images and all the rest of it. So I think it is such a moving target because it's also not something you can go, well, let's run the computer over that and it'll tell us if it's right. Mm. Like it's not. No, no, there is not. And to be to be clear, we're not talking about custom white balancing your photos where you put a grey card in the shot and take a photo you know, if you do that, it doesn't mean the picture looks right just because your grey balance right. You always have to adjust to a more pleasing look than just getting it right uh, because people often don't like the way they look or it doesn't look right in that environment. You know, there is a certain amount of personal... If, that's, if it was the case that you could just do it automatically because of some magic with a the camera, then there would be no need to colour correct ever. And that is... That's impossible. Everyone is always adjusting things for some sort of a reason. So the question is, Is yes, you can learn it. Uh, yes, it's got to be practised. Kate mentioned reference images, which I think is is just the thing you got to really hook onto. And no one really talks a lot about that. And that is an image that you know has printed well through the system. And it's got a, an ideally an image of your own. And they should also be the images that you put through our, our, our welcome pack test prints. Because often yeah. I find people will be like, oh, I just didn't, I didn't find any, I didn't have any images that I really loved that I wanted to make test prints out of. That's not what no, the test prints know. are for. And I'm talking about test prints in our free welcome pack. The test print are free, they're six by fours, and they're purely there for you to test what your standard, kind of look and feel of your work looks like without anybody yeah. touching it when it if goes it comes back and looks like you expected it to look without just holding it alongside the screen and go yeah no if you look and you go because you remember your brain does weird things with light radiated from the screen versus reflect on the print if you look at them and think oh yeah that's what i was trying to get right you're in the ballpark you're doing fine and like we talked about the other day you've got to choose where you do the color like where you look at the images yeah where you review the images oh my yeah. god this week i looked at a bunch of paper with prints on them but it's a new paper that we're looking at out the front in the front shop there. Uh, which uh, is, in daylight. Which is basically daylight. Whatever the daylight was. And at it time. was like one set of images and paper was yellow and the other set was white. And then I went down the back to our controlled light, whatever well of light, and I couldn't tell the difference between two sheets of paper. Mm. I was like, what the fuck's going that on? That America fix. Yeah. Something was bright yellow out there and it's now gone. It was terrifying. So having stuff like that set up. But, yeah, those images that you use as your references for what you want your work to look like and, and sticking with that. Because I think one of the things that people often will say to me is, I'll, you know, if, if, if I sort of – I'll say, well, you know, why do you think you're having trouble getting new clients, for example? And they'll say, oh, I think it's my edit. I would like to now just tell everybody human person on the planet i have never had a client a client's client so a bride go ah oh, i was really dissatisfied because their midtones were too magenta it's not a thing photographers 
yes, your edit matters and the feel of your image ma- images matter. In general, yeah. In, in a general sense. Mm. And having them be consistent probably matters more than anything. Like you can't have them swinging wildly and people don't know who the fuck you are. But I think that the, the expectation of, of the marketplace of how important that stuff is – just isn't isn't there, yeah. you know? All the all the clients that we've interviewed, the brides and grooms and mums and dads that we've interviewed, th- no one talks about that. Mm. You know, they might say, "Oh, I really like his food. His his work's nice and dark and gritty," or "Oh, I really like her stuff's really airy, really and airy and pretty, and right. I love the softness." But they never say things like, oh, "Mid tones are a bit off in that section, a little too green." You know, like it's just not a thing. It's thing that photographers sit around fretting and fucking sending themselves wild about. Yeah, and and you, you can look you've you can look too close and chase it too closely and look at one image and go, "All my work has to look like this one image." And yeah, you that can't. one image might be on the side of a cliff with a lot of green yes. with a blue sky. And then there's going to be the bride yeah. that insists on getting married under a tree at midday and fucks everybody up and they all look like aliens. So 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 the thing, you know, you know back on that on that reference image, if you find something that's of your work that's printed and it's beautiful and you go, oh, I, I really like that. I want my stuff to look like that. You find the file that you sent through to us to print. Make sure it's got, if we corrected it for you, ask us to give you the colour-corrected file back. Save it on your desktop in a folder called Reference Images. On Mac and Windows, you can lock a file so you can't write over it again. I think it's called Make It Read Only on a Windows. On a Mac, it's called Locking It. And then when you are correcting next time, you just open that picture up and open and hopefully you might have a few of them, one inside, one outside, one on a sunny day, one on a dark day. You you accumulate these as you go along and as you evolve your tastes. Once you see that print, you take the image that made that print that you're happy with and the file with the corrections and everything, that's what you bring up on screen and you compare it to what the current work you're doing is. And even if it's not identical, the image you just look at it and you'll understand how bright or dark or red or green or blue or whatever it needs to be. Um, and we use, we use Shirley for that. You can download off of our website. If you go to our website down the bottom, any of the Atkins websites and hit the search area and enter Shirley, you can download it. If you want to use Shirley, you can. It's what we use as our default here. It might not be your look and feel, but it does help bring our correctors. And those people like myself it just helps zero our eyes in and allows us to compare it. And also, if you find you're having issues with, um, I mean, this is a this is a preset thing, but if you're having issues with gradient, like I have a had a client today who's got a beautiful sunset shot, and there's huge banding in the gradient in the sunset, and that's you know, her her presets have just chewed away at all those midtones, and now there's just big fat lines in there that of course you can't see on a screen. Well, so you, yeah, on a, on a really good screen, you may see it, mm. um, but they're just so brutal uh, gradients, and that mostly comes from over manipulating a file, Correct. pushing it too far beyond. Yeah. That's the problem with presets. Yeah, you know, it's and that's what I said. And so then all we'll do is take that file and take the original file and make it look more like the image they want without destroying it. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, that's your moment of color. Thank you, Kate. That was super helpful. The stuff you chimed in on. Really, I'm glad it wasn't me mansplaining everybody. Oh, but you're such a sweet mansplainer. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you, darling. What are we having for dinner? Something brown I took out of the freezer. Yeah, brown and lumpy, you said. Brown and lumpy out of the freezer. That's that's the way we live over here, kids. That's what you're missing out. Just think about From it. not being in South Australia at our house, you could be having brown and lumpy food for dinner. Ah, the serenity. That's it, baby. What do you call that, love? 
That's the end of the fucking podcast. <laughs> Chicken.